Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this episode from the field, Managing Editor Brian Gorman interviews Keith Catani, CEO and co-founder of GuideSpark, on the topic of change in uncertain times. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review from the Field podcast. This is Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. My guest today is Keith Katani. Keith is the CEO and co-founder of GuideSpark, a change communication software company. He brings over 20 years of digital communication, e-learning, and technology expertise to his leadership of GuideSpark as it enables organizations to manage, measure, and scale the effectiveness of their internal communications to drive organizational change and achieve business objectives. Keith's career has been focused on building companies that develop digital solutions to connect people and information. Prior to founding GuideSpark, Keith served in executive roles at Adobe and Macromedia, leading teams in the creation and scaling of SaaS communication, collaboration, and e-learning businesses. He is a two-time founder, starting Presidia, which was bought by Adobe and became Adobe Connect, one of the leading web conferencing and collaboration solutions available today. Keith received his BA in electrical engineering and his MBA from Stanford University. Welcome, Keith. Great, thank you. When you and I first met, it was just three weeks ago, Friday, March 13th. We had a great conversation about digital transformation, the change journey, and communications. Here we are three weeks later. You and I and most of the world are locked down and in a digital world like we have never been before. What are your immediate thoughts as we make this journey into the unknown that we are now in the midst of? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because, you know, obviously we talked a lot about change and we talked about kind of the change that was happening. And in the last three weeks, you know, we've seen a tremendous amount of change. And um, and I think that's, you know, what's what's what stuck for me is if you think about the last three weeks, the amount of change that organizations and people that I got to have been, you know, as fast as it's ever been. And it continues to change and evolve. And I think, you know, that is the same backdrop where it used to be, you know, digital transformations would take a year or two years or three years, or you'd have these longer types of experiences that you'd have to drive change through. And organizations now are facing the fact of, oh my gosh, I have to actually change my business in the span of a couple of days to become a remote working force. You're starting to see organizations who are saying, okay, I used to make clothes. Now I'm going to make masks. You know, I used to make cars and now I'm going to make medical equipment. And so, you know, for me, it's really interesting about how we were talking about that, but in, in, in probably, you know, longer term, and now we've been hit by it and really thinking about when watching these organizations and how they've had to try to think about adapting to that. You know, when I think about some of the, the you know, the phases that people have gone through that we've seen in some of the, the, the companies we work with. You know, the, the change was first about how do I, you know, communicate change around the crisis, but then now it's been moved to how do I become a remote workforce? And then it's how do I actually, you know, think about running my business? And so it's really been interesting to watch um, the accelerated change that's happened just since we, we spoke three weeks ago. One of the things that um, really strikes me right now is that 
when I'm working with clients around transformational change, the first thing we do is get very clear about the destination and, and then, you know, crafting a story around that and, and communicating the destination uh, to employees and, and enrolling people in it. And one of the, the real disruptors for people right now is I'm not sure I've spoken with anyone who has denied that there's a transformation going, you know, underway globally. But none of us know what the destination is. How do you communicate when, when you don't know with clarity where you're going? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> another question that's, that's probably does, doesn't have a, a, a for sure certain answer. You know, I can, I can talk about it in a couple of ways. You know, I'm certainly thinking about that as, as the CEO of GuideSpark and how do I think about, you know, managing the organization through these changes. And, and for us, it's um, to be fairly, uh, you know, fairly constant, to be fairly continuous around delivering information. And you don't know the end. And so what you can do is you can talk about the current situation and based on that, where you're going. Um, but the key, you know, I think you and I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago, which is, you know, how do you really think about an organization that is that is ready for for change? And you're just talking about a scenario that's a continuous change where you don't really know where the end is. And I think if you think about how do you kind of manage that, it's really about how do you create your organization in a way that can be much more agile and that can more adapt through those processes. And so, you know, again, we were using the, the terms change ready organization, I think. You know, communication is a key part of that. And it's about how do you kind of, you know, deliver a message, measure and iterate on that um, with the understanding that you're communicating around a plan that you have to communicate is fluid and will continue to change. Um, um, there, there are such a um, important role that I see for people who understand change and the change journey um, in the days and weeks and, and months ahead. Uh, can you talk about that from the perspective of the work that you do? Yeah, you know, you use the word um, that I think is a key word, which is which is journey. You know, that's a word that we talk a lot about, you know, as part of change and the change journey, we talk a lot about communication journey. And thinking about how um, the evolution of change, even if you don't know where the end, is a journey for each of us, right? And the backdrop for that, I think, is the, the, the diversity of all the employees and the understanding that all these employees are on this journey um, and they're probably in different places. You know, if you take it around today's situation, right, if you think about the journey our employees are on to work productively within this environment. And usually you can talk about location and all these things, but, you know, one of the ones that comes up is, you know, your situation, if you're a shelter in place, you know, uh, do you have kids, right? So you have, you have to, you have a, uh, your journey of how to become remote, uh, a remote uh, effective employee is different than somebody who, who doesn't have kids, right? And so we're starting to see the different audience groups and the different employee groups and thinking about their situation and starting to personalize their journey. And I think that, relates to the communication, it relates to the change. And the more you can make that relevant, I think the more you're going to be able to do that. And, 
And, you know, as you talk about what, what we're trying to do with, with organizations is to help organizations, you know, leveraging technology to start to be able to create um, more targeted experiences for different employee groups so that you can take them on a journey. And the, the reason we're using a journey is there's no single message. You know, think about this crisis. There's no single message or single communication that's going to be the answer. It's going to be a continuous journey for everyone. And the ability to do that in a way that starts to become relevant for the different employees is important. The underlying piece of that, you know, just like I think a lot of the digital technologies is data. You know, everybody talks about data and the importance of data. And I think it's, it's really important here um, because as you think about trying to take someone on a journey, there are so many different factors today, right? What divisive information are they getting? You know, what is their, what is their situation as I talked about? And the ability to kind of measure where they are along the journey, where people are, are being engaged, where people are not being engaged, I think is really critical to ensure that you are taking them on a journey, right? I think in traditional, in some of the traditional things in the past, you know, for example, if, if it was a, a more of a paper-based communication, you would just send things out on a regular basis, but you would have no idea if it was, if it was connecting with that individual um, or individual or employee group. And I think the idea of being able to start to, to target those experiences and then to be able to measure them so that you can iterate um, based on those, those uh, 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 the data is going to be an important way to drive change and drive change quickly. It's interesting when I'm listening to you, Keith, um, I'm reminded of, of a few different scenarios I've heard from employees and um even CEOs in the last couple of weeks and some incredibly strong contrasts, I guess, um, was meeting with a, a group. I'm doing a series of workshops to really help people regain a sense of stability and control. And uh, one person the other day said, I can't believe right on right on plan, right on now target, our company launched an entirely new CRM system on Monday morning. And anybody who understands the human response to change knows we only have so much capacity and you need to change plans in in situations like this. Um, The other thing that comes to mind is um, actually meeting later this afternoon. I'm coaching the CEO of an international company um, who suddenly finds herself, you know, one of those people you were talking about. Um, she is now homeschooling three children while running an international company, um, and her husband works is is an epidemiologist at the the CDC, so he's not you know, sitting at home, even at, at a home office much of the time. Um, and and I want to tie her situation to, to something else that I heard. Um, she's talking about how much more explicit her employees are expecting messaging to be right now in terms of expectations. Um, was on a webinar that that someone else was doing uh, the beginning of the week, and they ran a, a an online poll about what would be most helpful for you right now. 
And overwhelmingly, the response was, clarify my role and responsibility. How do you, um, how do you address that need for such clarity and, and specific messaging on the one hand with the, the demands that it takes to make that happen on the other? Yeah, that's that's a question that that uh, I'm pretty sure every organization and every leader is dealing with, right? Like um, employees are looking for clarity and and certainty uh, in a situation where one, it's hard to give clarity and certainty, and and second, it's hard to give that individually to everyone. And I think that you know, just like you would think about um, any type of messaging, I think it's got to be tiered, right? And so as you think about the clarity, you know. This, this uh, CEO who's running a, a, a large international uh, organization, right, can't probably communicate to every individual the, the role uh, for each of them individually. And so I think it's really thinking about how do you kind of tier that, right? So at the leadership level, what is the core sets of messages that you could provide to them in a way that, you know, helps provide the overall direction? But then it's really about how do you then leverage your managers to carry on and customize that message to the individual employees, right? One of the things that I think, you know, we started to see a trend at in, in some of these companies, you know, these large companies like, um, you know, like Ford, who are trying to be a lot more agile is the importance of managers in this, in this, in this place, right? If you're going to be agile and you're going to move, it's hard for a single message to come from the top that's going to be, uh, that's going to be relevant to every employee. As I said, I think you can do that. You, you can do that better by measuring. Um, but in the end of the day, for these large organizations, that touch point is going to be through the managers. And so the ability to really align managers, the ability to communicate directly to managers in a way that helps them provide those, those messages that can be personalized and individualized for each employee is probably the way to go. Because I, I don't see how any CEO of a large organization can give the clarity of the role of each individual employee. And so building that in and building in, in that way of tiering. So the communication that the CEO may give to the all, all the company may be one, but they also may have some different messages for the managers to help them communicate that in a relevant way to their employees. Right. At the heart of all this, I think, you know, it's something that, that we talked about before, but we haven't really mentioned is that we just have to remember that these are all people and all individuals. And driving change through people, you know, you've, you've, you've thought about it and worked on that a lot is really, really the, the key piece. And so one core message that's going to resonate to everyone is incredibly difficult and, and, and generally ineffective and really tied to each individual. And so the ability to start to use sources like managers, I think, going to be critical to driving change at the speed that we need it today. Keith, three weeks ago, um, when I was taking notes, one of the things you uh, stressed was the importance of focusing on critical communications. What are the critical communications? Can, can you give us any guidance as to what that means in this world? Yeah, I think it was easier, easier before, um, you know, this because there's so many things that are going on today. Um, you know, when I, when I think about, you know, just the, the communications, I, you know, I think critical is, is, you know, evolves during the phases of, 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 a, of a business or of a situation or a change, 
you know, when I think about, you know, kind of the steps that organizations have gone through, I touched on a little bit before, which is, you know, what became important in the first couple of weeks, it really was around information around the crisis, right? Like how, you know, what are their policies? How does it work? What's the implications to the employees? And that became top of mind. You still have that on an ongoing basis, but I think as people started to, to, you know, have that and have that message in place, um, they started to move along to the next phase of what was going to be important. The next phase of what was going to be important is how can I make my employees productive, right? What are the tools available? How can we continue on the work that they need to go do in a different world? And so that seemed to be for most organizations, the next phase of what was important. And then I started to see organizations now starting to think about, okay, you know, now that you know, people are starting to get more comfortable with working remotely, how do we start to make sure we're aligned and driving to the plans that we want? And so I think it's hard to say that there's an exact, um, you know, specific thing. I think it's at each phase, organizations have to understand where they are in that phase of change and identify what's the most important thing to, to, to continue on. One of the themes, obviously, for, for this type of crisis that you've heard a lot about is, you know, communicating um, uh, the importance of, 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 of being safe and healthy, right? And so if, if I was going to say there's one theme that we're starting to see, you know, across is, is how do you really uh, continue to, to create these kinds of messages and um, to make sure that, that that doesn't, you know, fall, fall below because, you know, that obviously the health and safety of the, of the employees is, is, is the utmost importance. So I think you can find some certain themes that are most important that will carry through but then you also have to look at the phase of, of change that you're in or the phase of the crisis and start to prioritize that. In addition to that, I think what you're talking about is the challenge in, in noise, right? That is something that everybody has to be uh, very aware of. Um, I saw, I think I saw, I read this morning that Zoom video conferencing, which we're using today here, you know, has increased from 10 million daily users to 200 million. Yeah. So if you think about I saw the same. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I saw the same piece. Yeah, so if you think about what's happening on email and Teams and Slack and all these other tools, right? That's the backdrop. And I think that you know um, your 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 question was really centered around the the, the thing that companies have to do is they're going to have to figure out what they think is the most important for them, and to really focus on that as a core as a core experience or journey that they're going to communicate. Because if they keep sending ad hoc messages, nothing will get through. One of the, um, the challenges that has come up in my conversations with senior executives is how do we sustain our culture? If our culture is um, really about how people show up and, and how they do their jobs and what they do, um, not only are we thrown into a major uh, productivity disruption, but we're also being thrown into a major cultural disruption. What thoughts, if any, do you have on how we can communicate in a way that helps sustain key elements of an organization's culture when it's gone from bricks and mortar to clicks, if you will, uh, literally overnight. Yeah, that's actually something that, that uh, you know, 
I've, I've thought a lot about and I'm thinking a lot about, and I'm sure a lot of the leaders are, are thinking about, you know, when I think about culture, you know, culture is really about the norms. I believe it's about the norms and behaviors of the organization, you know, how we act right. really sets, sets the, the, the culture of how future people act. Right. And when mm-hmm. you're doing that in a much more remote uh, world, um, you, you, you don't get as much of the informal, uh, the informal um, behavior modeling that you might have when you're interacting on a daily basis. And that's for me, you know, as we think about how do you start to, to think about that in whatever the new normal becomes, right? The new normal is going to be more remote than it, than it, than it has been. And we're in a period of time where, um, um, you know, we're all, we're all basically remote. And so for me, as I think about the norms and behaviors, you can start to think about how those become modeled through these types of different interactions, right? So when mm-hmm. you go to a video conference, a video call, one of the things that we've done at our company is to set a norm that we use video so that you can, you get, you get, um, you know, the, the connection and the interaction in a way that, um, that um, can, you know, can help set the norms, right. And right. How, you, how people act, how they, how they work, you still get that because you start to see them. The other thing is we're starting to use channels um, where we have, um, we have channels in some of our collaboration tools that are like water cooler talk, right? There was one around, I think around cats and other things so that you can get those, those interactions uh, and connectedness that you might not get um, uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a remote situation. And so I think you can start to replicate those things, but the other pieces for me, and, and this is something that we've done in the past that we're continuing to do is to continue. I think, I think stories are incredibly powerful at, at culture. Right. Yes. And, yes. and, and one of the things that we've done that we started before is, is a program called humans of guide spark. I think we talked about it, you know, it's, which it's really about stories around our employees and not about, you know, their, their job, but it's about who they are, you know, a challenge they might've had so that you get to know that. And that to me helps um, build up the diverse um, cultural piece. That's really important to to, to guide spark as an organization, because as you stare those stories on a continual basis, you feel connected and you, it reinforces for us the importance of diversity and understanding that every employee at guide spark has a unique background and a unique experience that has shaped who they are. And so I think you can have these kinds of things that can be driven remotely, right? It's mm-hmm. not somebody standing up in front of it. It's something that we send out on a regular basis. Um, so I think you can take some of the things that you, you know, get more naturally in an in-person environment and start to supplement it. It's not going to be the same, but I think you can have some of those things that you take the important things that are important to your organization. And you can find ways to do that in a, in a more uh, remote digital experience that will drive the same kind of behaviors and norms that you're hoping for as an organization. That's, that's very helpful. Um, it, it brings to mind, and I guess in a way, this is a sidebar, but again, in one of the online workshops that I've been running in the last few weeks, uh, one gentleman said, you know, I've been getting up, putting on a suit, getting on the subway for the last 25 years. And for the first two weeks of this, I just felt totally disoriented. So now I get up, I put on my suit, and I walk to my home office. and 
just like I did before I would leave the office to head home, before I leave my home office to head back to the bedroom, I text my wife that I'm on my way home. Um, even individuals, I think, finding ways to pick up pieces of what anchored them in a way um, in that physical environment and translated into this new environment um, is going to be incredibly helpful. Keith, yeah, you're, you're, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Oh yeah. I, I think for me, the, the, the one thing that keeps coming up around that story is that, that each of us are individuals and as we change and we adapt to whatever is, is the world or the new normal for us for whatever period of time it is, we have to realize it's a personal change. And that's why that idea of journey and the individuals and their journey they have to take to, to get to the right place is, is, is such an important theme for me um, that's heightened by the situation we're in today. Again, you know, three weeks ago, you and I talked about the importance of story and, and you mentioned your um, use of stories in, inside of GuideSpark. How might uh, change practitioners, change leaders um, apply storytelling now in this situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, storytelling is, is just a, um, a method that can be applied to many different things. And the, the, the value of the story is that it helps really, um, you know, make so many oftentimes, you know, can tie it in, in terms of kind of a, uh, emotions and other things that make it really engaging and, and resonates for them. And so I think that organizations can just use this in the right places, right? During our conversation, you and I have brought up a lot of stories in terms of, you know, this, this, uh, this gentleman who used to wear a suit. That really starts to connect and resonate us to it. And, and so I think it's really this kind of an example is where you have a, a, an idea or a thought or a message to convey. And if you can make it real to someone, that's what stories really help you do. And so I don't know if there's any like specific advice to say, okay, well, you can do it here and here. I think you can use it in a lot of different places. And it really is about creating a relevant connection for your audience around the information or point you're trying to take. So I really think it can be very broad across many different things. Obviously, you don't want to just continue to to do it every single time, because like anything, the more repetitive it becomes, the, the more that people start to disengage. But I think you can you can pick those places where you want to make a powerful point. And a way to make a powerful point is to make it real and stories make it real. Keith, this has been an incredibly, incredibly um, important and valuable conversation for me. And I believe it will be for our listeners as well. Um, Anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we sign off here? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've covered a lot of them. You know, I think for me, the things that we're seeing today, um, you know, just kind of heighten what has been happening by the increase in digital, the digital world is that, you know, the world is noisy. Your the workforce is diverse and change is continuous. And so as organizations really try to think about how they can bring their employees through that process, I think the idea of really trying to create a journey or an experience, and the more you can customize that and make it real through things like stories are going to be critical. And the more you can actually measure, you know, there's some quotes that I, I, I've, uh, 
I've used before, right? Um, from one from George Bernard Shaw, which is the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that has taken place. And I think that the more you can start to really measure and, and, and understand whether you're getting through is going to be critical for organizations that want to try to um, drive change and really become a, a change-ready organization, particularly as it uh, relates to communication. Keith, thank you so much. And wishing you and everyone at GuideSpark and your families and colleagues to stay well, stay safe. Thanks. Same to you, Brian, and appreciate uh, being able to do this with you. Thank you. And Thank stay you. safe as well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review from the Field podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and Keith Katani. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.